Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Queer Steak. I am your steak pres. No, that's blasphemous, isn't it? Uh, well, I'm your host, Mika. If you're coming back after episode one, I can't thank you enough. And if this is your first episode, again, I can't thank you enough. I started this so the stories of queer members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, former, current, in-between-whatever, could be heard. I started this so those who are closeted can hopefully find people to relate to. Now, before we continue, I need to address last week's episode and set some expectations. There were moments in Scott's interview that, you know, to say the least, got heavy. However, the point of this project is for you, queer or not, to be a fly on the wall and hear a variety of voices and stories. Sometimes the stories will be happy or spiritual, sometimes they'll be awkward and you'll hear about us making bad decisions, uh, sometimes they'll be really funny. So if you're not looking for a variety of perspectives and a little cursing offends you, then this might not be the podcast for you. Not every story will be a queer catastrophe. Also, not every story will be an hour long, so I'm sorry about that, and again, thank you for sticking through episode one. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This episode, I talked to my friend Sabina, who was a lesbian. We recorded this um, on a grassy hill in front of a pizzeria Limon, overlooking a, a pretty busy street, and because of that, there's going to be a lot of background noise from cars, and personally, I think it's kind of quaint. Hopefully you do too. A quick warning, while this episode does not deal with the same themes as last week's, there are some swears involved. So, grab a glass of a uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke, I guess, uh, kick back, and enjoy the conversation. Tell me more. So, um, after my parents first found out that I was involved with another woman, which I wasn't ready to like claim a label of any kind at that point, but I was, I guess, experimenting, even though like I hate that word, was just like trying to figure myself out and trying to figure things out, and was casually making out with this girl, just figuring things out. My parents found out, and they were just like oh so you're gay and I was like motorcycle gang <laughs> yes no so they're like oh you're gay and I was like no 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 I'm not and they're like oh so maybe you're bi and I was like no 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 it's just this one girl it's like a weird thing um my parents were like well okay so we should get you away from this one girl and so they had me go live with my aunt and uncle in Utah a couple blocks from here <laughs> just oh. up Fort Union and around and over there. Interesting. Yeah. And here is Cottonwood Heights at the Pizzeria Limon. <laughs> Hello. I am wearing jean shorts right now. My You look good. Surf Jam Fever. Thank you. As do you. Thanks. Yeah, you look very professional. Yeah. I have to wear business casual to work now. <laughs> I'm a real adult and it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I can wear jeans on Fridays for casual Fridays. Ooh. 
living the high life. They also give us breakfast on Fridays. Oh, okay. And a lot of the times it's like Rancherito breakfast burritos or like bagel sandwiches from Einstein's or like fancy donuts. Wow. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, that sounds great, actually. Yeah. No, the work environment that I have is really, really great. I want to come visit you on Friday now. I'll see you Friday. So, um, I don't think I introduced you yet. Hey, Sabina, what's up? Hey, my name's Sabina. (laughs) Sabina, how are you? I'm so good. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm, like, really good, actually. Yeah, the pizza probably didn't help. No, the pizza was great. <laughs> I was, I really enjoyed that. I think it actually did help. Like, lift your spirits? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't, like, super heavy food. Like, it wasn't, like, greasy. Well, it was kind of greasy, I guess. It was more the olive oil. Yeah. So not really it's grease. like healthy grease. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you have some stories for me today? Yeah. My, my journey. Oh, my goodness. I, like... I've, like, become this person that very much, like, doesn't care about being gay anymore. Like, I'm just, like, over being gay, if that makes sense. Like, I still very much love women, like, a lot. So not over it in that way, but I'm just, like, I'm a person that's just very, like, okay, I'm gay, like, let's move on. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, I very much, like, hate coming out and, like, having to go through that process of just, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm different than 90% of the population on this country or whatever. And I, like, hate that. I hate that it's so different. And so, like, I have to announce it so people, like, get it. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I haven't told stories like this, like, as much recently just because I've been so over it. And since I don't go to BYU anymore, like, it doesn't, I don't have to announce it everywhere I go. And it's not, like, as big a deal. I just, like, am living my life now in Salt Lake, which is so much better <laughs> than having to, like stand up for myself and yell for myself at BYU. But, um, so this story's probably gonna be full of a lot of cliches because it's how I tell my old stories, I guess. So, please forgive me for the future cliches and stupid words I will use to describe myself and my (laughs) stories. (laughs) Um, basically, my journey basically begins, um, in that I'm taking off my shoes because we're getting comfy here. Right, getting... I'll take off my shoes too. You don't have to. <laughs> no, you say we're getting comfy. Okay, well. So if you if you take off your shoes, I need to take off my shoes. <laughs> Deal. Shoes off with Mika. Is that the name of this podcast now? Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Okay. It'll be really hard for the target audience to find it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about them? They'll figure it out. It's all about the name. <laughs> um... Um, so you know how they say like hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can look back and like point at all of the moments where I'm just like oh yeah girl you gay without like like with it in the moment I didn't realize it but like now I can look back and be like wow everything like makes sense um, but the first real moment of just like I had this friend when I was in high school that I just really enjoyed being around, really liked her, just, like, became a very, like, not, like, passionate, but very, like, intense relationship very quickly, and, um, and eventually, like, grew into something more. We, like, joked at the beginning and said that we were just, like, practicing for guys, and I was just like, oh, yeah, totally, 
totally practice for this made up guy that I totally have a crush on right now. Um, and she like had a crush that she would obsess about all the time. Um, because she was basically straight. But I would sit there and enjoy making out with her and pretend that it was for a guy when it just absolutely wasn't. It was for her. Even though she was a terrible kisser. Like, looking back on it, she's an awful kisser. Um, I hope she's gotten better. (laughs) For, like, all the men in her life's sake. Anyway. I think she's only dating men at this point. I don't really know. Surprise, she's married to a woman. No, she's not. I know that, at least. Yeah? I recently blocked her on Facebook. Oh. The whole, like, having to date in secret thing, I think is, like, a common, like, thread among Mormons that are gay. Because, um, like, at some point, like, you go through a period of secrecy as you, like, try to figure yourself out to, like, gain enough confidence to be able to, like, look at people and be like, oh, yeah, I'm gay, and you're able to say that without falling apart. <laughs> um, so, I, like, dated this girl in secret, like, while living in her parents' house and while going to church every Sunday, I was dating this girl. Uh, my parents knew about it, but, like, <laughs> like what, they couldn't, like, control me. They, like, threatened a lot of things to, like, get me to stop it. But at the end of the day, like, what could they do to, like, like, except from, like, I don't know, banning me from all internet ever or, like, ever leaving the house, which is impossible, basically. <laughs> anyway, so I was dating this girl in secret, and it grew to be just such an abusive, awful relationship. And I think, and it's so sad how many, like, I think queer Mormons, like, have that story of, like, that really abusive relationship that they've been in. Because we're, like, ha- forced into these places of secrecy, and we're, like have this stunted growth of like we didn't understand dating when we were younger because we didn't fit the norm so it's just like this weird stunted growthness we don't understand relationships at least that's how I kind of felt and so I like started a relationship with this girl and I just didn't understand how relationships worked and so she'd you know threaten to commit suicide if I did if I broke up with her and so I'd be like oh yeah so I can't ever break up with you that's how that works and not recognizing like the abuse and manipulation of that situation and just like the awful treatment that I got um and not feeling able to tell my parents because oh they're biased they'll just just think that it's because that we're gay that it's bad or I'm like I want to prove them wrong and be like a gay relationship can work I like wanted to prove them wrong like I had a lot of like 16 year old delusions about making this relationship work Eventually, when I was 17, um, basically this girl had me convinced that, like, no one else would ever love me. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I was, like, awful back to her. Like, I'm, I have no doubt that I was also, like, a little bitch. Like, without, <laughs> for sure. But, um, just, like, it was awful. And so, but I was convinced that no one else would ever love me. And then I found this girl in my senior year of high school when my family moved to Japan that this girl that like expressed interest and I was like oh my god someone else might actually like me like it might be possible for me to have a relationship outside of this like shit show I hope you allow swearing in this podcast I do I feel like well I mean the last guy I interviewed talked about sex and parts were kind of explicit so perfect yeah I'll just put the explicit tag on I'll fit right in yeah you can say fuck it's cool hell yes um anyway so I found this girl that like actually really liked me and so I broke up with the, the abusive one and had this really lovely relationship with this girl, like, right before I graduated from high school. 
and like taught me a lot more about what like a relationship should be like or could be like where it was just like healthy and pure and good and you just made each other happy and like yeah you had disagreements or whatever but like in high school at the age of like 17 there's not that much to fight about honestly um so it was just good and I like learned how I should be treated and like what actual real life like and like love and support should feel like and it was like very childlike and very innocent and like sweet um but I'll forever treasure that girl that I dated in high school just because she was so good to me and like we're still friends we don't talk super often anymore but like I'm so grateful for that relationship and like the love that she the just the pure easy love she gave me because it really taught me that like oh it doesn't always have to be a shit show like this queer relationships can be so beautiful and so healthy because I like never got them modeled for me in my life being a Mormon girl <laughs> like you don't see queer relationships unless you know your parents see one on the tv and they'd like scowl and change the channel or yeah. whatever <laughs> like that was being gay <laughs> like as far as in my mind growing up Speaking of the, the TV one, just made me think of um, one time when Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog first came out. Yeah. Um, I was watching it, and for whatever reason, I felt possessed to mention to my dad that Neil Patrick Harris is gay. Right. And he said, well, that's disgusting. And then, nice. I don't know what possessed me, but I defended Neil Patrick Harris. And I told him, I don't remember what I said, but something akin to like, Dad, that's rude. Don't be a jerk. It's not disgusting. And then we left it at that. And of course, like later in life, when I came out to my dad, like he apologized for like, he said anything I might have done. It's okay, Dad. You did pretty well. Like out of everything, there there are like two or three moments I can think of specifically Mm -hmm. where you said something like wasn't that great. Right. But it also wasn't, like, the most horrible at the same time. I, I feel like the Neil Patrick Harris one was the worst. Yeah. Um, so I, I got pretty lucky. That's awesome. In that regard. And I love my dad, and he's very supportive of me. That's so I should toss that in there. What other stories do you have? <laughs> no, you're fine. I like, I like the idea of having a conversation. If you ask me a question, maybe that's a question someone else would have, and then, like more organic and like not as like yeah. staged and put on no that's fine like I, I do have conversations with people <laughs> when I record plus these. like we're actually friends so like conversations just like naturally happen that's true. and I haven't seen you in a couple years so I kind of want to hear your voice yeah, too it's been, <laughs> it's been like two years yeah yeah because I moved away two years ago yeah I actually just like got a notification on Facebook about that really it was like oh this photo from two years ago I'm like oh yeah that was with my my work buddies like the day before I moved see because I think yeah like I had my last day of work then the next day I moved all my stuff up to Wyoming and then packed a suitcase and that's all I took with me to Chicago ugh I wanna go somewhere else I don't know it's not on my list yet (laughs) I gotta stay here for a while now yeah that's fair I like I really like Utah and I felt guilty about that, trying to explain that to people, mm-hmm. until very recently when a friend of mine from childhood, who like 
is no longer Mormon. She hasn't been Mormon, considered herself Mormon since like high school. Yeah. Um, like she lives here. Yeah. And she kind of without prompting, because I, when I mentioned I wanted to move back, she's like, yeah, I really love Utah, like all the nature, and she started listening to some things, and I thought like, okay. Utah's a good place. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad liking it here anymore. We yeah. do have the, like, yeah, sometimes moments can be a problem, but <laughs> I, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I can defend myself and I can defend others. Yeah, And not, not give a shit. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to, so I don't know why. I my, feel that really hard, actually. I don't know why, like, my first example was a house mom, but telling some random old person, I don't know, somebody, pick anybody that you know of who, like, likes to criticize things you do. Sally. I don't actually know Sally that's Mormon, but that's the name I chose anyway. So Sally, like, you know, I'm not afraid to tell Sally to go fuck herself right in the ear. Right. Because you, like, have stable foundation now. Yeah. Which comes with time. Yeah. No, I finally feel there, too, to a certain extent. I... I still, like, I, like, I, like, catch myself all the time because I still feel like I don't really want to, like, it's because I, like, I just, like, hate coming out. I hate how that has to, like, be a thing. And so I, like, don't tell people, like, super often. Um, just because, like, I hate that it has to be something that I have to, like, tell and, yeah. like, do instead of just be like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And it's just as natural as that. But I don't, like, hide it either. Like, if people ask, and they're just like, so are you dating anyone? I'm like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. Her name's Jeannie, or, like, whatever. I don't know. So, like, I don't hide it, but it's just, like, I, like, very much don't put it in, like, people's faces. But then I, like, catch myself, and I'm just like, oh, is this self-repression or something? Like, am I, and I, like, should I stand up for myself more? Should I, like, be more vocal? Should I, like, change something? I don't know. It's, like, weird. Like, what, like, sometimes I feel like I owe stuff to my community, or, like, what should I do? What's right for me? Or, like, it's, like, a weird, like, weird path to walk on. Because I, like, want to defend my community. And I want to be there for all of my siblings, my, like, LGBTQ siblings. And, like, defend them and, like, stand up for them and, like, normalize all of us. But at the same time, I'm just, like, tired and, like, don't want to, like, fight all the time either. And, like, not that I have to fight necessarily a lot either. It's just, like... I think a great way to end a fight really quick if someone says something about gays like to your face they know they know you're gay it's just look at them straight face and say you're a bad person and then turn around and walk away yeah. as long as it's not like my boss or something right 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 yeah but, but like if, right. if you can do that like you just don't have the time like I wonder I really wonder how that would turn out just, you're a bad person walk away no no you're th- bad person because you get don't care don't care Sally <laughs> fuck Sally like middle finger yeah I like Utah because I I feel very useful living here like I feel like my voice like means something yeah because queer people other places I don't know other places I don't know like it feels like I have a there's like a fight going on here that my voice can like lead other people because there's so many kids um that like 
grow up hating who they are and like my voice can help them and there's like kids at BYU and there's kids in Mormon homes all over this state and like all over this country yes which is because of the culture here but it's especially bad um so I feel like my voice can actually really help and be there and there's so many LGBTQ Mormon organizations here in Utah that like I fit in with it's like the perfect little niche for me and like sometimes I want to run away and never come back but like most of the time I really love having this place where I feel like my voice means something. Yeah. Um, and I really love that. Like, I'm not a big outside person, so, like, I don't... It's not, like, that doesn't appeal to me necessarily about Utah. And it's not, like... I just, I love hiking. It's great. Even with the rattlesnakes. I really hate hiking. <laughs> it's so good. I'm glad you like hiking. I'm glad I like hiking, too. <laughs> See, I would do a hike if you, like, took a very fancy picture of me at the end for my Instagram or whatever. Like, I'm that type of person. I'm a trash human being. That is who I am. Like, I'm the girl that everyone's always like, you're too pretty to be a lesbian. And I'm like, fuck you. Wow. Okay. I've, like, gotten that a couple times in my life, and I hate it. Femme pride. Oh, my God. Yeah. Basically. Um, And I'm like, have you seen lesbians? They're gorgeous. All of them. I love them all. I agree with that. Right? I was with a friend of mine up in Salt Lake last week. (laughs) Giant truck pulls up and parks Mm -hmm. around this gelato place, and like, you know, two two lesbians come out and get down. And he and I were both just like, they're awesome. That's my dream, honestly. They're they're so good. (laughs) They were. They were. But you just look at them, you can tell, like, they're so cool. I'm so attracted That's to you right all now. I want. <laughs> I love the idea because I'm like such a tiny person, like five foot nothing, and like just very small human, and like very feminine human for the most part. And like, just I want to own this giant ass truck and just like drive it around and then like get out of the truck and this giant ass truck and this like tiny little girl gets out of it and everyone's just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I love that image so much. I think it's hilarious. Lake's falling asleep. I'm sorry. Um, I have a fun story. I'm ready. I'm excited. That happened Sunday. Ooh, what uh, is it? So, my, one of my, my really good friends, um, he was in this choir thing, and I went to it. I had to borrow clothes from someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has nothing to do with the story, but I'm going to go into it anyway. I told him, like, okay, if I go, I need to borrow clothes from someone. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, oh, like, maybe, like, I'll ask my brother. And I thought, like, okay, dude, we are exactly the same size. I've given clothes to you before. Why? And then I remember, like, oh, right, he won't be there to be with me to get the clothes. It would be creepy if I went through his stuff alone. Gotcha. But, you know, his brother is, like, larger than me. <laughs> Nice. So, like, that's that's not going to work. Um, I was hanging with my friend Andrew, and he's, like, roughly the same size as me, and so I was able to borrow his clothes, but I still felt kind of awkward, and it was my first time in a church building in seven months. Weird. Yeah. So, anyway, the choir thing happens. It's, it's, it's great. And afterwards, I'm talking with him, and a little bit out of nowhere says, Oh, I, I have a story for you guys. So, I was talking on the phone with my mom and I told her like hey like Mika's Mika's in town 
Which isn't weird because his older brother was actually one of my roommates in college. Okay. And so I've met everyone in his family. So like, right. Yeah, we're good friends. I know his family. It's now weird that he mentions. Me. Now yeah. that would be weird to mention your friends, I guess. Yeah. I'm not gonna dwell on the weird thing I just said. <laughs> and his mom says, "Oh, what's he doing there?" And Doran says, "No, I I told her." You know, he just graduated and he's in Utah right now like visiting friends and looking for work and his mom says oh he should move to Arkansas and that's that's, that's where Doran's parents live oh and he he stopped he like paused and said mom why would he move to Arkansas and she says oh you know like it would be fun and he could date your cousin so and so a female cousin gross oh I Camp, don't know how. Like I never told you, Mom, but Mika's gay. <laughs> and then his mom, like really without skipping a beat, says, "Oh, well, he should still move to Arkansas." <laughs> so, so thank you. If I, it's adorable. If if I do somehow end up moving to to Arkansas, I know I will have people there who like me. That's so precious. I love that. Snakes. I'm not a fan. I like them. Purple shirt guy. So, like, there's a snake in front of us, and there's this guy who was behind me. Purple shirt guy who went kind of was looking to make sure, like, where the snake was, because he was brave. Unlike the other nine of us who were backed up and at one point said like ah, it's a really pretty snake everyone has a thing I guess and I thought shut up purple shirt guy and marry me I guess he was so brave yes <laughs> and attractive uh, well, that and knowledgeable uh, about how pretty snakes are <laughs> <laughs> you have a very interesting type but he was with his, I'm assuming, girlfriend. I didn't see a wedding ring on his hand. Um, you know, my type is clean-cut elders corn secretary, <laughs> I've been told. My type is a uh, butch lesbian, basically. Okay. That's not like 100% true, but it's like kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the truest statement that I'll get. Like... Mm, actually, my type is like artistic, soulful, depressed lesbian. <laughs> That's my type. Okay, I could never date. An the artist. sadder and the more tragically flawed, the better. <laughs> I like being the most tragically flawed in the relationship, so I could never date an artist. Yeah, I've never been the most tragically flawed in any of my relationships. I am the the take carer of her. I'll be like, come here, tragically flawed, hum- flawed human. Lay here in my arms and let me make your life better. That Aww. is my role. That is, that is what I do. It's beautiful. It's not how my current relationship is, thank goodness, because that was slightly unhealthy, strangely enough. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, see tragically 
flawed and broken humans and I just want to love them and fix them and tell them that someone loves them out there. Oh, that's so bad though. I know it is. It's so bad. And I like, I'm conscious of it and they still can't help it. And like, I still love every single person I've dated. Uh, kind of depending on the type of love, I guess. But just like, I see them like, especially one of my most recent ex, I'm just like, I see them and like, see they're hurt. And I'm just like, I still really love and care about you and wish only the best for you. And I can't tell you that because that's weird because we're exes and that's not okay. And you have a girlfriend and I have a girlfriend. I'm not like in love with you. I just really love you and support you and will be there for you if you need me, basically. This sounds like a song. I could probably write a song. Yeah. I do not have the voice for singing. But I, I've i dated enough tragically flawed artists, I could probably <laughs> pretend to be an artist. Can I be cheesy for a second? Yes. Okay. I am a die-hard romantic. Mm-hmm. You do love Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. I really do. Um, and that'll never change about me. And people 30 years from now will be able to be like, what's Taylor up to? And I will have an answer. Like, I foreshadow this right now. Um, but, like, oh, just ever since I was a little kid, just, like, always, always so head over heels in love with love. Um, like, you know, dreaming about Prince Charming from the, like, age of, like, negative three, probably. Wow, since you were just the glimmer in your parents' eyes. Basically. And it's funny because, like, I always dreamed about, like, being loved and, like, having this happy, perfect relationship or whatever, you know, obsessing over love stories, obsessing over princess movies, obsessing over basically any cheesy, girly thing in the entire world. And, like, basically I've always... And, like, that didn't change when I came out to myself. It just, like, changed who I saw myself with, basically. And, um, so it's interesting because I've, like, I just always wanted my life to just be, like, this really cheesy love story. Um, but like, being gay and Mormon always just gets in the way of that. Like, I want nothing but a stupid, cheesy love story that you would watch with, like, Sandra Bullock and Drew Barrymore. Yes, two of them together because I am gay. <laughs> um, or whatever. And, like, maybe throw Hugh Grant in there. He did movies with each of them. And, like, whatever. Like, I just want, like something like that and like that doesn't exist in real life blah 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 blah. I know um but I don't know it just feels like straight people have a lot less problems getting to their happily ever after and I just feel like it's always stupid problems whether it be just like the epic fear of disappointing my parents which is something that I just have to live with every day because no matter what I do I'm not going to be what the daughter that they wanted and I am the daughter that they want and the daughter that they love but my future is not going to be the future they imagined and there's always going to be that disappointment there no matter how much they ever accept me or ever love me like there's always going to be disappointment there um and then whether it be being at BYU for five years like I was like can't have a happy love gay love story at BYU like it's always there's always going to be something in secret and there's always going to be like whether even if you're two of the best people in this world like there still could be someone else threatening it just because they know and they can like hold your whole like college education like over your head like I don't know some sort of threat and just like I don't know 
Which rather just be fear of like receiving celestial glory and living with your family for eternity. Like there's always something in the way. And I freaking hate that. I just want a simple love story. I just want to be happy and fall in love and find that happily ever after. And it's cheesy and it's stupid and I kind of hate myself for saying that. That's all I want. I can relate to that. I was talking on the phone with one of my best friends from undergrad and she said something like romantic and said oh but like you know look who I'm talking to you know the, the king of um Roman no that's not it of being, of romantic. being, of being a romantic yeah. the king of the romantics and like I grow I'm like don't don't say that to me please I've tried very hard the past two years to kill my inner romantic <laughs> and I they don't die it. no they don't so they really just don't <laughs> now like I'm getting to the point where I like will allow myself to feel some of those inner romantic feelings to, to fantasize but I don't ever say anything or act out on it because I still don't want people to know that I'm a romantic yeah I'm cheesy as fuck but I think recently I've just been so burnt out because I just finished I just graduated from BYU a couple months ago and like I'm just so burnt out because I like was pushing and like I just feel so tired all the time and I feel bad for like my current girlfriend who is one of those amazing people I've ever met even though she's like she's so human and I love it like I don't like put her on this pedestal of like she's so great and perfect I'll never like achieve her level I don't look at her as someone like oh I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna fix you like she's just like a human yeah that is like on my level and it's so wonderful and I, I love her and I look up to her and I also know that there's ways that I can help her and it's like remarkably equal and wonderful and I don't remember why I'm talking about her anymore I just am on a rant about how much I like her um, uh, romanticism romanticism yeah. oh I feel bad for her because like I'm so tired that my inner romantic is like sleeping and like my inner like giver because I've just given so much to my school to my last relationship to to, to USGA um, the queer club at BYU I gave so much of myself that I'm just like so exhausted like I spent 80% of the summer sleeping because I've been so tired because I've just had to push so freaking hard um, so I feel bad because I haven't been able to be quite as romantic and adorable with Jeannie as I have been with my exes um, it sucks for her I think. but she still loves me anyway that's pretty cool. I don't have to to try yeah. with her. And like, but I want to try with her. And so I do put in effort. Um, I just don't feel the intense pressure that I have to be worth this relationship. I'm worth this relationship just as I am. And that's like a really cool feeling to have because it's not something I've ever felt before. Yeah, it's been really good. The inner romantic in me wants nothing but to like fix a... A, a broken-hearted human or tame a bad not bad boy bad girl which sounds weird but like you know tame a you know a more vicious human um but I'm in something very logical and very happy and very healthy and I didn't know that this could be like the most romantic journey of them all honestly something that can actually probably last and, like, even if it doesn't, like, 
I don't know. Like, I'm very grateful for what this relationship right now is teaching me. It's just, like, healthy and normal and just good. I love it. It's just just really nice. Like, yeah, (laughs) it it is. It's it's making me smile. It's just, it's nice. It's pleasant to. I I love hearing this, (laughs) especially because in like a lot of gay media, unless it's a really bad rom com, they never end up together. Yeah. The lesbians always die in the end. The lesbians always die at the end. And like, yeah, I'll die at the end of my story, but it won't be one of twenty-two. Unless I die within the next thirty-five, thirty-four days, thirty-five days. I turned 23 in 35 days. <laughs> in case that wasn't okay. Like you're keeping track. Oh, always. I, I always keep track. I wouldn't start keeping track until it was 23 days until I turned 23. Uh, I'd be that guy. I started keeping track like a while ago. Two months ago? Something like that. I usually start in like January because I'm that extra. <laughs> it's fine. But, yeah, I know. My life is good. It's kind of boring, but like in a good way, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I've just, I've like been going, going, going so hard the past five years at BYU that it's just like, I don't know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. It does get better, as they say. This a cliche, another one. Yeah. That's also like a nice place to end, like... It, it really does. Like really does. you're, you are the story, one of the example of. <laughs> it it does. And you know what? I think it's only gonna get better from here too. Because right, I'm gonna figure out what I want to do. Like my story is like far from over. So I still don't even know what I want to do with my life yet. Like I still graduated like two months ago. Like I, I'm so young and so far from figuring out anything. It's already gotten better, though. And it's, I think it's only going to go from here. I mean, hopefully. That would suck if it just plateaued after two months. Yeah, no. I won't let that happen. All right. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Hey, thank you so much for listening. The next episode will be out in two weeks on the 27th. A huge thank you to Sabina for sharing her stories, to Britton for the podcast image, and to Pink Pocket Squares for the use of their song Tainted Rhythm, which you can find on SoundCloud. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, either search out my Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just search for Mika McIntosh. My name is spelled out on the podcast image. Also, apologies to anyone named Sally. Bubble that tainted, 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 bubble